there, campers. While we're gathering around the campfire, we just want to let you know we are not what you would call experts. What we do have is a love for researching and discussing the lore of cryptids, creatures, and an occasional spooky woman that can eat our soul. So if you are in need of immediate help with the chupacabra in your yard, please consult someone else. Also, this podcast isn't for kids. These campfire stories can contain graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for young campers. Solicitor discretion is advised. everybody uh welcome back to loring our folklore podcast where we tell you the history and stories of different legends and lore from all around the world wow i you guys this is like our first morning recording in forever (laughs) and by morning we mean we mean noon but you know that's morning for at least for me (laughs) it's kind of morning for me I was just yeah. telling Ryan knowing, no, I was up to like four last night, <laughs> and I have to wake up with the sun, so I was back up at seven. Yeah, I don't know how you <laughs> wake up with the sun, that ain't, uh, that ain't me. It, I, I, I'm, I'm like a 10 a.m. wake up guy. Yeah, I'm, I have to, it's a pro and a con, during the summer I feel like I get a lot more done, because I rise with the sun, but I sleep with the sun kind of personality Mm. like i never stay up that late like it's 10 i'm like time for bed (laughs) yeah i was gonna say you said 4 a.m i was shocked i don't think i've ever (laughs) heard that before and i know for a fact in college you never started out till four (laughs) i know i was like it looks like it's 10 o'clock yeah was the sun going down bye guys (laughs) i was like i'm a reverse vampire actually and that's why i have to leave <laughs> the moon will actually melt me. So fun fact. <laughs> no, well, let's let's get into this. Um, I'm still waking up, so apologies. But you guys are here for a good time, and you may be listening to this at night. So just use your brain imagination, like all you yeah. guys have. Yeah. Well, Ryan, what's your what is your alluring thing this week? Um, I guess it's kind of a uh, subjective alluring. Um. <laughs> But I started school again this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited about it. Um, I felt like when I was in college, I was like, man, school sucks. And then, <laughs> like, now that, like, then when I got out of college, I was like, man, I miss school. And now I'm back in school. So we'll see how it goes. Yay! Study! Woo! Woo! I will never do that again. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, so I already have my bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. so, like, I don't have to do any of the annoying stuff. Oh, thank God. That's like, why. Like, I only have to do the program that I'm in. Like, I don't have to do any electives or any, like, prereqs, nothing, mm-hmm. so. I, 
what was I think one of the most annoying classes we took, and it's I think it's just because I know how to use a Google search engine, was the Microsoft PowerPoint and Word class. <laughs> you do you remember those? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm paying how much to learn to type? Like I was always super <laughs> offended. I was like, I'm in my because my degree is bachelor's in computer information tech. And I was like, do they not think I can type in a computer yeah. degree? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I completely blanked that class out of my memory. But now that you just brought it back up, I'm remembering like going. I, I waited until my senior year to take that class because I was like, I do not want to take a typing class. Like, I've been typing on a computer since I was four. I don't need... I I completely forgot about that. It was so bad. It was, like... It was the weirdest time, because I remember we had to go to that stupid lab to take Mm -hmm. the test for it, and it always smelled like depression. And I was... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) And I was like, why am I here? I remember, like, at one point, one of the dudes, I asked him to take the test... And he looked at me, and he's like, your degree's IT, and they're making you take it? And I'm like, you know, I have thought about this many nights. (laughs) Many, many nights. (laughs) And they wouldn't let you test out. That was the annoying part. Because I would have tested out. That was what was so frustrating, because I was like, oh, I can get it all done. And I, like, got all of it done within, like, the first month. And they're like, you gotta wait for it. And I was like why <laughs> yeah <laughs> let me just yeah. peace out now do you know acknowledge this class is irrelevant yeah like the excel one i get the excel one okay yeah like, that was it that was the only one but i feel like word should have been like a week it should have yeah. been a whole course not a week an hour and a <laughs> 20 minutes tops <laughs> yeah but we're, uh, we're, we're already going off the rails. Um, let's try to wrangle this back in. So, Kimmy, what did you find alluring this week? Wow. I Man, college. I, I don't miss it. Um, <laughs> um, my alluring thing is, uh, I don't know if you know, I'm starting a comic. <laughs> so that's, You've mentioned it. That's pretty. I don't know if I've mentioned it here. I, I'm really bad with what I say where at this point in my life. And I just feel all the dots will connect. So, like, people that follow my art account and my personal and my podcast, like, you know what's happening because at one of those channels I have said something. Yeah. It's like, which Kimmy do you follow? (laughs) Which Kimmy do you follow, honestly? (laughs) And those that follow all of them, bless your beautiful souls. Um, But, yeah, I'm starting a comic. Um, It's called The Lore of Lovers. And it's obviously going to have love, and it's going to have folklore in it. Nice. Because I know what I'm about. And here's the thing. (laughs) I'm making the two main protagonists look like Edgar and I, because one, it is so much easier to just have him pull a face and to draw it than to spend hours (laughs) trying to research different expressions and everything. Yeah, oh, for sure. So, like... And I think it's very funny because I know there's a lot of artists that don't like to draw themselves. And I feel like I'm a little like being, what is it? I don't know the word for it where I'm drawing myself, but it's ironic because the character is not like me and the character is not like him. So every <laughs> like situation I've been writing has been like, 
what's the opposite of the way we would handle it? Because me and him are very, let's communicate and let's talk about things. Yeah. And you can't have that in a good little comic. You gotta have conflict yeah. all the time. It'd be a very short comic book. Yeah, it would it would be a chapter and everyone would be disappointed. So, yeah. but it's been fun. Like that's what I've been doing with my little free time and I've been having a really great time with it. Like I've always wanted to do a comic, but I've waited. Um there's werewolves in it cuz your bitch knows what she likes and there's going to be Slavic folklore. So, I think it's on my if you go on my art account, The Lost World of She. That's where I've been posting a lot of stuff. And I'll have a Patreon for that that will just be kind of open to whatever. Because I want, like, an art journal of my progress through this journey. Because I want to see kind of how it goes. Yeah. Well, that's super exciting. Yeah, so that's another creative thing I can burn myself out on, which is what I love to do. (laughs) Yeah. But Um, Speaking of of burning... Burning. Does that work? Yeah, it kind of works. works. Speaking of fire... Um, let's get into this week's, uh, folklore, shall we? Yeah. Oh, do we cue campfire sounds? And guess what? We have a campfire sound. Yeah. (laughs) Grant, oh, grant me thy hidden fire, O banyan tree. Perform an incantation, utter a prayer to the banyan tree. Kindle fire in the dust of the banyan tree. What are we talking about? So, there are many beautiful things in life, like the birds that sing in the trees to how the sun slowly rises and sets every day. Well, what if I told you we have a heroic demigod to thank for some of the magical aspects of our day-to-day lives? This week, we will be talking about Maui a heroic demigod known through the Pacific Islands. Legends of this hero originated from ancient Polynesian culture and have been around for thousands of years and is still told to this very day. All right. Oh, I'm excited. This is a Ryan special request episode, too. I think, yeah. Maui is one of the coolest, like, I don't know, lords, legends, whatever you want to call it ever so i'm very excited for this episode oh yeah all right so maui is a demigod and a a great place to start with this legend is by diving into what a demigod is and how they are viewed in ancient polynesian culture so demigods have been part of many different cultures from around the world many believe this idea comes from ancient greek mythology so the earliest records used for the term occurs in the text attributed to the art Archaic Greek poets Homer and Hesiod. I can never say his name, but I know him. So both describe dead heroes as hemideos, or half-gods. At the time, the term was used to describe those who demonstrate strength, power, good family, and good behavior, which made them heroes. Only after they died would they be referred to as a hemidea. As time went on, the idea of a demigod became associated with offsprings having one parent that's human and one that's a god. Typically, the baby daddy was Zeus, and this became a running theme in many, many ancient Greek legends. So, (laughs) this idea of half-human, half-god wasn't just part of Greek mythology, though. Many cultures had different beliefs of what a demigod was consisted, what a demigod consisted of, but for the sake of today's lore... 
and because that would be like six episodes just talking about every different belief system. At least. <laughs> At least. Um, we'll just be focusing on the ancient Polynesian uh, lore. So they would tell legends and myths and blend two forms of storytelling, which include real people who attain godlike powers, and this led to the creation of what we call demigods and goddess to this very day. These are people who are more powerful than humans, but less powerful than gods. So Maui was one of the most famous demigods known to this day. Before I move on, I completely forgot. Here is a lo the lovely little illustration I made about it. Um, you can check this out by watching our stuff on YouTube if you're listening via audio, or you can go to our website to our episode guide for alluring, and you can check it out, or you can see it on our social media, or you can head to our shop, because it will be in the shop as a sticker at the very least. So, anyway, all the, all the branding, I didn't really wove that in too well, but here we are. So, the legend of Maui. So another important thing to know is how his legend spread across the vast Pacific Ocean. His legacy spanned over a thousand years, and his stories um, went over 4,000 miles across the Pacific Ocean, from Hawaii to New Zealand to two Heishin groups of islands. Maui is a shared deity with many similar stories that hold only few differences here and there. Regardless of the legend of the character, it's always performing a similar feat or has the same personality, even though these islands are thousand miles apart from one another. So ancient Polynesian voyagers would take these legends with them and they would travel to new islands, which is the strongest link of evidence we have to this day connecting the scattered inhabitants of the Pacific into one nation of the same genealogical race. So like, I feel like I'm kind of word dumping you guys, but um, there's just so much information <laughs> with Maui. So moving forward with their, uh, this episode, I, I want everyone to understand there are so many different legends throughout the Pacific Ocean. Um, some coming from Tongan, come, some coming from Samoa, some coming from Hawaiian, and some coming from Maori mythology. They're just everywhere. So this is one of those folk tales where there's just so much we could talk about. And for the sake of time, we'll be talking about some of the more popular ones we found. But like we say at the top, we are not experts. So feel free to look into these stories. I feel like all of these stories were like very delightful. <laughs> so mm -hmm. they're fun. Like these are these are good legends. It's not like you're looking up Bloody Mary sightings at 3 a.m., you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um I'm gonna I just wanna like put that precursor because I feel like this is an episode where people can be like, what about this one? What about this one? It's like we know of it. But we don't have all the time. Yeah, there's just a lot. There, there's a lot. There's, there's so <laughs> this much. This could be a six-hour episode. I had to put off this episode a few days because I needed to, like, figure it out. And it was... This one was took a lot of work. So I'm very excited about it. Okay. So now shifting to his name. It is very easy to break down. So in myth, Maui constantly breaches taboo which are ritual restrictions, and his name sounds like Maui, meaning left-hand side, the side associated with Tabu's opposite, Noah. So there are also a few different versions of his name. I wasn't able to pronounce a single one correctly, <laughs> but they all have Maui in it. 
Uh, Ryan even messaged me before the podcast was like, you should practice it. And I practiced it <laughs> and I couldn't even do it. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of different versions of it. So I want to hand it off to him so he can tell you stories all about this delightful demigod. All right. And again, um, there are hundreds of stories. So picking um, three, not easy, but here we are. So first, we're going to start off with a little story about uh, his family life and upbringing. So, Maui had a miraculous birth. He was born prematurely and cast into the ocean by his mother. The ocean waves carried him away, and he was found by an ocean spirit wrapped in seaweed and jellyfish. He was then discovered by his grandfather, who found him, attacked, who found him being attacked by flies and seagulls on the seashore. He rescued Maui and nourished him into his teen years. Mm-hmm. Once Maui was old enough, he told his grandfather how he wished to meet his family. He then traveled to his family home to find his four brothers and his sister, Hina. At first, the brothers were worried about the newcomer and casted him aside. Which is fair. (laughs) Yeah, like, they don't know this guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't know, like, that he got thrown into the ocean at birth, you know. Well, like, and if a guy just, like, showed up to your family gathering, like, I'm your brother, you'd be like, "Mm, let's let's, let's wait and find out. Yeah. (laughs) So, Maui wasn't going to give up that easy. Later that evening, when the family gathered in the Mara to dance and be merry, he snuck in and sat down behind his brother so they wouldn't see him. Taranga, his mother, then called the children and noticed the strange child. Not recognizing the child at first, she tried to cast him from the home, but Maui was able to prove himself and he was taken in as a member of the family. Some of the brothers were jealous, but the eldest brother said the following. Never mind. Let him be our brother. In the days of peace, remember the proverb. When you are on friendly terms, settle your disputes in a friendly way. When you are at war, you must redress your injuries by violence. It is better for us brothers to be kind to other people. These are the ways by which men gain influence. By laboring for an abundance of food to feed others, by collecting property to give to others, and by similar means by which to promote the good of others. While living with his family, he worked hard and showed that he had he was no normal human and wanted nothing more than to help his family and show them how powerful he was. One of the most famous things he did was aid in how Hawaii came to be, which leads to story number two. I do, I think I do like this because I feel there's so many folklore where when people like have to prove who they are, it's such a battle and no one supports. And I do love the idea where the older brother is like, let's hear him out. Let's just see. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's be nice, you know? Yeah. And everything like, I mean, there's, there's some stuff that's like a little, but most of the time. Everything like that Maui and them did was just like let's let's help humans, which was pretty cool. The opposite of what you see in a lot of like Western <laughs> like lore and gods and stuff, where they're just like let's kill everyone. Like, <laughs> they're like fuck the humans, and then this one they're like hear them out. Yeah, let's just yeah hear them out. <laughs> yeah, so basically the complete opposite of all Germanic and like 
Roman, Roman and Greek folklore. Oh, and like Slavic um, too. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is the first one I ever heard, which is so awesome. So this is um, the creation of Hawaii. So there are several different versions of this story. Um, legends vary from island to island, but here is the most popular one that I found. Maui's four older brothers loved to go fishing and always caught enough to feed the entire village. Maui, wanting to join them, but was always mocked for being a bad fisherman. I feel that, Maui. <laughs> they said he brought nothing but bad luck, and when he did catch a fish, it was the tiniest one. Are you a After bad the fisher? Co- Are you bad? Oh, yeah. I'm really? the worst. Mm-hmm. Wow. I crush it. <laughs> really? Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I... I don't know. I, it's the ADHD. I think I, I don't have the attention span to leave my reel out there, and I just like bring it in. And I think they just like are. they sense the mermaid on shore, and they'll like they'll just <laughs> beckon towards me. They're like, yeah. let's go this way. <laughs> no, I have the complete opposite problem. No, that was one um, of the only things to do growing up in Payson was to go fishing. <laughs> That makes sense. I got really good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, where was I? Um, So, after the constant teasing, Maui had enough and pleaded with his brothers to take him fishing. Feeling feeling guilty, the brothers finally took him along. What the brothers didn't know is that Maui had a trick up his sleeve and was going to prove that he could fish. He brought his magic fish hook, which... Not even gonna. Try. I'm gonna attempt to pronounce this word. I'm so sorry in advance. Manakalani, equipped with special bait, a feather from his mother Hina's sacred bird. After paddling the canoe far out to sea, they all cast their lines to fish and waited. Then Maui hooked something grand. Due to the catch being so big, he told his brothers to paddle the canoe so he wouldn't lose his catch. The brothers paddled, Maui pulled on the line as an intense struggle ensued. Then the line snapped. Silence fell over the brothers as they looked amongst each other, then over the canoe to see what it could have been. That is when everyone realized that Maui had pulled up eight islands from the ocean floor. <laughs> what do you even say to that? <laughs> I don't know. Like... Look at this catch, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, There is another version of this tale where he tricks his brothers by saying that the island is a giant fish and pulls them up one at a time. And another where he pulls up a giant manta ray. Um, Then there's the tale from New Zealand, which, yeah, same, another manta ray story. Um, But Maui has to leave them with his canoe to get a priest to perform a ritual because it was such a large catch. (laughs) But while he went to go get that priest, his brother began, like, trying to, like, cut cut the manta ray up, which would explain the deep valleys and mountains on the North Island. And Maui's canoe uh, became the South Islands. Oh, okay. Back to the main story. I love those. Right? Yeah, it's... I think it's pretty great because I'm an older sibling and I have two younger brothers and I really feel this one in my soul when 
<laughs> your younger siblings not good at something. And they, yeah. keep, they keep asking you. They keep asking you to spend time with you to do it. And you're like, just, <laughs> you're like, just stop. And you're like, I'm going to take you so you just can stop. Because yep. mom and told they're me. they're just way better at it than you. Yeah, and you're like, mom, <laughs> mom told me I have to take you. And I would be pissed, too, if they showed up and they were better at me about it. I'd be like, don't even talk to me. I don't <laughs> even want to hear it. <laughs> Um, where were they? So, Maui's siblings now acknowledged his great power and admired him. Uh, he was glad to be welcomed by them, but he was still having some mother troubles. He even noticed how every dawn his mother would leave somewhere unknown, only to return the next night. Wanting to know what she was so fixated on and where she was going, he blocked the entrances and the sources of light to their house to keep her there and stole her clothes. He did this secretly to trick her about the time of day. Then, when the sun rose, he took everything down and put her clothes back and watched to see how she watched to see where she went off to. She went over to a clump of tussock and pulled it from the ground and then descended into a large tunnel into the underworld. <laughs> Maui, realizing she literally walked into the underworld, quickly transformed into a keru, which is a New Zealand pigeon, and followed his mother. Once he arrived there, he found a group of people sitting on a patch of grass in a grove of a manapu tree. He flew over to the tree to get a better look, and when he sat upon it, dropped berries onto both of his parents' heads. This woke them up from some type of trance, and then he transformed back into his human form. Now, face-to-face -face with his mother, she immediately recognized him as a child who used to live with her. Learning this, his father, Mekatutura, then immediately took him to the water to give him a baptism, but he rushed through it, and this botched baptism in the gods punishing, resulted in the gods punishing Maui along with the rest of humanity with death. So, um... Something I do want to clarify from what I was able, because I listened to a lot, and I mean a lot of uh, like people telling the folk tales of this, mm -hmm. is that humans used to like not die. <laughs> yeah. And now they can die. <laughs> yeah. So that's from what I kind of understood of that. Like that was a little bit kind of hard to figure out. And I felt yeah, like... so he basically, like, his dad messing up this, like, ritual, yeah, like, brought death to the world yes. on accident. Yeah. Um, which sucks. If your father which isn't really present, sucks. and yeah. the one time he is present, he brings death to humanity. <laughs> yeah. Like... But that didn't stop Maui from saying, that's not cool, and trying to do something about it. Oh, hell yeah. Which leads us... Story number three. So, after overcoming so many obstacles and successfully defeating many foes, Maui longed for a victory over death themselves. He believed immortality should be a gift bestowed upon mankind. Yet, his father warned him that, in, that his time of failure and death would surely come. Maui asked his father, By what shall I overcome? And his father replied, there is one so powerful that no tricks can be of any avail. Maui's father told him of his ancestor, the great Heen of the night. 
the guardian of life, uh, would see to his demise. This goddess had flashing green eyes, volcanic glass for teeth, a large fish-like mouth, and hair that floated in the air like seaweeds. His father admitted to a mistake he had made when chanting the invocation of Maui's childhood, when he was made sacred and guarded by charms, but his father had forgotten a part of the ceremony, and because of this, he, sh- he would surely die one day. Um, but Maui persuaded his brothers to go with him to keep watch. <laughs> so, here was the plan. Maui planned to enter into the goddess's stomach, cut out her heart, and exit through her mouth. Thus killing the goddess, and bringing the heart of immortality to mankind. Um, while Hine no Tipo was sleeping, he entered and retrieved the heart. But as he emerged through her mouth, one of his brothers laughed aloud, waking the goddess, who snapped her obsidian teeth closed, cutting Maui in half. Maui thus entered the gates of death, but was unable to return, and death was ever since been victorious over man. Excuse me? I know. I it's was... a really tragic ending, oh which is why, you know, we don't live forever. Oh, my God. I was like, wow, the whole cut her heart out, like, enter, cut her out, heart out, and peace out feels very anime. And then we just went attack on Titan yeah. so fast. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like that. Yeah. At all. Um, But, I mean, yeah. I mean... He stopped. Death came to the world, you know? So, like, even Maui couldn't stop it. Yeah. Um, There are, like, a lot more really fun stories. Um, And I was reading through our notes ahead of time, and Kimmy's going to briefly go over most of them later because there's just some absolute bangers. Yeah. Um, But they would have, again, would have taken a very long time. Performing a Bloody Mary ritual is surprisingly easy, but designing without any design experience isn't. Well, that's until Canva. Whether you are presenting, downloading, scheduling, sharing via social media, or printing, Canva is here to help your work make an impact in the real world and take your marketing material to the next level. I work as a professional graphic designer and I was honestly blown away by all the tools and resources Canva has. When they say they have a template for everything, they mean it. From party invitations, social media posts, flyers, and office templates, they have it all. With thousands of professional templates, images, and quality content, I've been able to not only get a head start on my projects, but also bring my best work to life easily and quickly. And the best part about Canva is you don't have to be a designer to use it. You can easily edit the templates they have available, or you can hire one of their designers to help you out. And if you already have a designer on your team, you can invite them to work on the project as well. With Canva Pro, your whole team can make real-time changes, provide feedback, and quickly approve projects. Plus, as a designer, you can upload brand assets like fonts, brand colors, and images so all the design resources are in one place. Plus, our listeners who sign up get a free 30-day free trial of Canva Pro. So what are you waiting for? Upgrade your marketing today by going to partner.canva.com slash alluring or go to our website alluring.com slash sponsors and click on our Canva banner. Again, that's partner.canva.com slash alluring 
or go to our website, alluring.com sponsors and click on our Canva banner to start designing today. September 1978, serial killer Rodney Alcala appears on the dating game. February 1994, 34 hospital workers are exposed to an unexplained toxic lady. March 2022, Experian emails a Los Angeles podcaster about a mysterious credit score change, completely unjustified. Wait, did we cover that? I mean, we could have. I said it was mysterious. Okay, we're Ghost Town and we cover true crime, paranormal and other weird history. The cult of Capital One. (laughs) But here's one more date. July 2018, a trailer drops for a new podcast called Ghost Town. Over 300 episodes later, we've covered everything from the Los Feliz murder house to the Noid. Ever hear of the Tetris murders or the Denver Spider-Man or the underground satanic magazine Tuesday's Child? Didn't think so. We've got stories you won't hear anywhere else by two writers, producers, and comedians. We're LA4s, but Wisconsin 7s. Hey, I'm from Wisconsin. Oh. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. Available every Wednesday and Friday. Pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town. Wherever you get your podcasts. You're a Wisconsin 8. Hmm. All right. Welcome back, campers. We hope you enjoyed that little break. We are now going to talk about the appearance and history of Maui. Now, I want to tell you what he looks like, but I want you to look at this picture of this beautiful man. Because (laughs) I have realized Maui is a very beautiful person, and I may be a little bit biased, but this is, it just makes, when someone's heroic and hot, it just makes (laughs) my heart so happy because it's like just it's the whole cake it's all of it to me (laughs) the whole cake (laughs) the whole cake so appearance wise so many people believe maui looks like the character from the disney film moana but that isn't the case maui is traditionally depicted as a lithe teenager on the verge of manhood so that means he's thin and he's very beautiful in appearance and very lean and he is also very strong and graceful so he's he's the whole cake everybody like i want to make that very clear so there are also a few legends that say very very few legends that say maui is a wise old wandering priest very few so i'm just gonna graze over that yeah i never saw that so we're gonna stick with hot maui because that is what i am here for so maui personality wise is known as a trickster that is famous for his exploits and cleverness though he performed many mischievous deeds throughout his life they always benefited mankind maui was also known to be very compassionate through his life he constantly went out of his way to help this and end the suffering of people on earth. Um, he wanted to make life easier and more enjoyable for everyone, and he had a great time doing it. So on top of being compassionate, he was also known for his great strength and supernatural powers. It's also believed Maui's supernatural powers are a result of him belonging to a family of enchanters with superhuman abilities. So being a demigod, Maui has the ability to shapeshift in a variety of animals, like birds to a tiny insect like a worm. 
He typically uses this power to play games like hide and seek with his siblings, but there were times he would transform into large menacing creatures to battle. And even though Maui was a demigod, he was very much human. He lived in a small home, cared for his mother, played with his siblings, and tricked them into going on grand adventures with him. Maui was both strong, kind, and handsome with all the powers of a demigod, and the humanity of humans, it was clear why he became such an iconic hero we talked about ever to this day. And I have thought of an episode title is, um, it should be Maui's Never Gonna Give You Up, because I feel like that just fits. That's solid, yeah. Fits so well. <laughs> yeah. And he did it. Straight and homie, to the end. To the end, till his attack Literally. on Titan scene. Yeah. He was he was there a hundred percent. Get you a Maui. That's all. That's all I'm learning from this. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to shift to some history. So there's like there's not a lot of events, if that makes sense. Like, I I tend to talk more about things we experience today. Like if there's a festival or how like it's affecting us today. But there wasn't a lot of that, but there are a ton of things he did in his life. So that's going to be more of the focus of this segment to kind of keep the show going, you know, and then we can hit all the topics we want. So the first thing I want to talk about is Hina or Hinu. So through many legends of Maui, you'll hear of a moon goddess by the name of Hinu. She is typically described as an intelligent woman and beautiful that was often pursued by many men and creatures. So, some of my stories refer to her as the goddess of fishermen and the one who gave birth to the reef life, which I think is absolutely beautiful. And the most famous story of her is about uh, her being beautiful and determined woman who tries to let me start this again sorry i i'm getting so hyped because these are just like beautiful great people <laughs> so yeah i'm just like super hyped about it. okay so the most famous story of her is about her being a beautiful and determined woman who tires of being on earth and leaves to the moon which leads in her eventually becoming the moon goddess so she creates symmetry and gives rise to harmony in all her stories due to how powerful she is and being a powerful goddess, she plays a major role in many legends about Maui's life throughout the Pacific. So, just like a little, a little bit more about her, because we could do a whole episode about her too, kind of thing. So y'all easy, yeah. So, and I, I've been looking up like um, I'm doing moon goddesses in my comic. So like I was le- like she's one of them that I found before I learned about Maui. So, like, I already have a huge woman crush on her anyway. <laughs> so, I've condensed it a lot. So, in New Zealand mythology, she's typically Maui's elder sister or his wife and some other one. So, one legend, she speaks of her as her older as his older sister. He instructs him to braid a rope from a strand of her hair, creating a magical rope that can be used to capture the sun. And then on the islands of Maui, she is the mother and often in need of defending or helping. And we're focusing a lot more, I feel like, on the stories from Maui. But I just think it's, like, 
cool like how she's always part of his stories if that makes sense yeah and then regardless of the role all these tales of Maui and Hina show how Polynesian mythology has evolved throughout the Pacific which I think is super cool like again she's always she's always just part of it and I freaking love it so now this is the part Ryan is hyped for and I'm glad I'm telling you it because I feel I'm just like gushing that they're hot right and they're they're smart hot and kind and I feel like this will be like fun for you to react to <laughs> so um, Maui being an all-powerful demigod has done a lot of humanity a lot for humanity and improving their quality of life from helping control the sun to creating coconut trees Maui really has done it all so I've created a handy dandy list of his most well-known accomplishments so first one is legends of long ago talk about how the heavens laid on the surface of planet earth which left no room for growth of humanity people plants and animals were all being flattened by the low sky and were suffering Maui saw all this suffering and took it upon himself to lift up the heavens to allow humans and plants to grow so I just I don't know I just love all of this so. yeah okay and then this one is number two so Maui was a hundred percent a bird watcher he loved their music and how beautiful they were these creatures brought him so much delight in his day-to-day -day life, but he soon realized only he was able to see them. His friends could hear the birds, but they weren't able to watch them dance from tree to tree due to them being invisible to the human eye. This made Maui want to share these adorable creatures with his friends, family, and the rest of mankind. So he made these creatures visible to the naked eye. So, because of him we can see the cute little birdies in the tree <laughs> and then our third story is at the time humans did not have access to fire some say humans forgot to make fire others say they never knew how regardless Maui was tired of eating raw fish and vegetables and wanted a warm meal so determined to find another way to eat his food he noticed a plume of smoke in the distance and went to discover what it was Upon arrival, he noticed there was a large fire caused by an alley, which is a Hawaiian bird. Um, after many attempts, he finally grabbed the bird by its long neck and demanded it to tell it how to create fire. <laughs> he was like, I love that so much. He's like, you need to tell me your secrets. And I like that he's like so forward about it where he's like, yeah, he's like, tell me right now. Okay, so now the bird wanted to keep a secret. So he told Maui to rub two pieces of banana tree together. Well, Maui tried it, and it did not work. Obviously. <laughs> when this did not work, he squeezed the bird's throat till he was forced to reveal the real way to make fire, which was rubbing two pieces of dry kaawi together. So... <laughs> I love this idea where he's holding the bird by the throat and he's like, how do you do it? And he's like, two banana leaves. And he just grabs it with his other hand and like does it with one hand and then looks at yeah. it. He's like, try again. <laughs> <laughs> so now he was then able to create a large fire as instructed, but he wasn't going to let the alley off that easy. 
He left a mark on its forehead, which explains why these birds have brightly colored red bills and the chicks are worn with a bald red head that looks like it's been scowled. So he like, he was like, you were a jerk about it, so I'm going to punish everyone you know for it. <laughs> yeah. The, um, oops. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the... I don't know how to say it. They, they basically look like ducks, and they just got a big old red, like, head. Yeah. That's what a moorhen is. I should have put a one. picture of it, but yeah, they're yeah. they're very popular there, too. So you'll see one if you're wandering around. <laughs> and this one. Um, so this is the fourth story I have. So I'm so curious how you're going to feel, because I don't even know if you knew this one, because this one took me a lot of digging. So one day... Maui went fishing with, um, I can't say it right, <laughs> Irawuru, I know that's, I know that's wrong, but it's the husband of his sister, he know. So during the expedition, he became annoyed with his brother-in-law. Some legend says it's due to jealousy since he was such a skilled fisher and that they would argue with their fishing lines becoming entangled. Others said it's because Maui was disgusted by his greedy nature and how he refused to give him a cloak. So regardless of what went down with the two men at sea, Maui was not happy with his brother-in-law. So once they hit the shore, Maui grabbed him, stretched out his limbs, transforming him into the first dog. Whoa. I feel like these stories are so, so pleasant, and it's, like, the last, like, two sentences that are, like, flip it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so later, because keep in mind, this is a married man that just got turned into a dog, so later, mm-hmm. Hinu asked Maui what happened to her husband, and he told her to call Moi Moi. Upon doing this, her husband in dog form came running to her as happy as could be. this however was a little too much for her and with an incredible sense of grief overcoming her she threw herself into the ocean to not be seen again yeah i never heard that one isn't that crazy it's messed up i'm looking at my dog a little differently right now like hmm you just you just had someone in their live stream say it started out lawful good and became chaotic right yeah <laughs> straight up straight up so yeah that would make family reunions a little a little tense just but, a little but now you have your little furry friend Pablo so <laughs> that's how you got that's another little he knows he knows maybe <laughs> that's why he me. always stares at you like that mm-hmm. he's always like. You, the things I've seen, and it's just like a black and white flashback of Maui stretching him out. Into <laughs> oh <door>. no! <laughs> All right, and then the next one is one you suggested. So one day, you know, went down to the stream to confront a large eel by the name of Kunalo. Now listen, this eel had a thing for her because you know, beautiful goddess energy, and he wanted her companionship. Her, on the other hand, was not into eels. <laughs> so, though she told him she wasn't interested, instead of taking no for an answer and moving on with his life, he becomes vengeful. So he created a div- so at first he created a version of streams which flooded the cave dwelling her family lived in. 
The eel is pleased with himself until she calls out for her son, Maui, who smashes the dam, diverting the river. Now, frustrated, the eel continues to harass her because he can't take a hint. So, striking on the riverbank, he, ooh, I don't like this. He covers her in slime and chases her into a tree. <laughs> Which, I feel like these stories start out really sweet, and then there's, like, a weird, really weird dark anime moment yeah. in all of them. <laughs> so now, Hina is over it. Girl, the seal isn't taking no for an answer. She's covered in slime. She's been whacked into a tree. Girl is done. So she tells Maui, take care of it. I can't. I've been civil. I've been kind. And I can't do it anymore. So... Maui sets a bunch of traps to catch the creature. Now, once it was captured, Maui cuts him into pieces with a stone axe. The pieces he throws into the sea become a variety of sea creatures, including saltwater eels. And the blood of the creature flowed into the stream and became freshwater eels. And then finally, he buried the head near the shore, which soon led to a coconut tree growing in its place. So that's how we got... Some saltwater creatures, that's how we got freshwater eels, and that's how we got a coconut tree. All because an eel couldn't take no for an answer. <laughs> At least in this instance, again, unlike some of the Eastern uh, folklore that we do, um, you know, when they didn't take no for an answer, um, <sighs> they got smashed and buried in the ground, and then a coconut tree grew. So, you know, a happy ending this time. Yes. See, this... People that can't take no for an answer should result in coconut trees. You turned trees. into coconut trees, yeah. <laughs> if we're to take anything from the story. No, and I like that. I feel that's like, sadly in European lore, I do feel there's a lot of, oh no, like, she's gonna die now. And it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> she didn't do anything. For what though, yeah. <laughs> so I like this because I was like, I'm gonna fuck him up. And he got fucked up. And I'm like, mad respects for that. Alright. And then, another... Oh, I have I have a few. We're in here for a minute. So I hope y'all are buckled up. So, La, known as the sun, used to be notorious for traveling in irregular paths in the sky. So coming and going whenever it pleased without a care in the world. For Maui, it was extremely inconvenient. It made farming difficult, there was inconsistent days, and he even made it difficult for his mother to try and dry her clothes. Now Maui was sick of the sun and took the matters into his own hands. He made his way to the highest point on the island, known as the House of the Sun, to set his trap. And for some reason, many people laughed at him and said he was crazy. But listen... This boy made a coconut tree out of an eel, so I want to give him the benefit of the doubt whenever he's trying anything. And and I believe timeline-wise, this is after he pulled the Hawaiian um, islands out of the ocean. So, I mean, at this point, like, who are you laughing at? <laughs> yeah, you he, know? He, he's accomplished all these things, and you're like, yeah. this is where... And they're like, mm, this is where we draw the line. You're like, but the sun, though, it's like, just give, yeah. let him try it, because obviously he's got something going for him. <laughs> yeah. So now there are two ways the story goes down from this point. So the first is he wove a long lasso out of coconut fiber and made his trap. 
And then once, so he like waited, he hunkered down, and once the sun popped up, he snared one of the rays, and a raging battle ensued. So this is, I like this one because it's very like epic battle energy. And Mm -hmm. in the end, the sun couldn't take any more of the fighting and promised Maui he would slow down and give people and the gods more hours of sunlight. Now, the second one, (laughs) he actually crafted snares made of his own hair in order to trap the sun. And this is also where some stories talk about um, Hinu and him making a rope out of her hair, too. And once he captured it, he just convinced the sun to stay go across the sky slowly so i like the the one before it because Uh it's more it feels right in my bones with how his personality has been constructed as like the strong heroic i'm a fight and i'm gonna not take no for an answer when it comes to battling so i super enjoyed that one and then the last one is the legend so this is a fun one can i have this one can i do this oh please do i need a drink so bad yeah (laughs) So um, so I added this one because um, your section here overlaps a lot with my um, modern takes. Um, okay. So I just wanted to add one. Another really fun one is um, Maui. Maui's mom made him a kite, and he went out to fly it and was like, man, don't got enough breeze. So he went to the priest who, uh, like, controls the wind using a giant gourd. Ooh. And just convinced him to let more air out, and which explain mostly so he could fly a kite, but that's why the Pacific Ocean has such a good breeze, which is how they were able to sail all around. Oh, that's so, cute! Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah, there there are so many other things he's done. <laughs> that's my favorite part about just Maui, though, is like. The dude is a demigod, yeah. and he did everything. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I haven't looked too deep into their, like, culture and religion on, like, who they think, like, created the earth and stuff, but mm-hmm. Maui did all the good stuff, is what it sounds like. Yeah, he, he he's definitely, he is what you want a hero to be, you know? Yeah. Like... He is, like, the ideal romanticized version of a hero, because that's who he was. He makes Hercules look like a little baby boy, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I never thought Hercules was cute, though, but that's a personal... Yeah, well, I mean, even just pure, like, stuff he did, you know? Yeah, and and I I love it because it's really refreshing to have a male heroic protagonist that isn't creepy with women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Very it, nice change of pace. I was like, ah, oh, this is divine, and like not like constantly being creepy. From like what I could find, he was always like, I'm a fight to be be heroic, and I'm like, sounds great, chief. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And speaking of priests, you know what time it is, Ryan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time for is it science or the church? No, no, listen. This one is a little different, but I... Okay. a little different. I believe in you, and I can't say why, but that's your only hit. That's all I got for you. Um, well, I know that eventually um, us, us white folk uh, went there and uh, <laughs> kind of ruined everything, 
So I'm going to go with the church. You have got it. Congratulations, Ryan. I'm not going to celebrate this one too much because I apologize. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, well, I'm approaching this one a little bit differently. Okay. Oh. So, but it is, it is a belief. It's a religious system. So when I normally see the church, it's about Catholicism, you know, and I'm coming. Usually, yeah. (laughs) That's what it's typically about. But this week. I'm going to be talking about Hawaiian's ancient religious belief system and its connection to Maui, the demigod. So it's going to be religion. It's just funnier. Okay. I I feel like science, the church, like just vibes more of what we do. Yeah. But for this. Well, again, just a nice change of pace this entire episode. I like it. We're we're doing some refreshing stuff before we get into the chaos of spooky season. So. Woo, enjoy this delightful journey. So, the ancient Hawaiian religion is known as an animalistic belief system, with many deities and spirits originating amongst the, I'm really bad with Tahitians? The Tahitians, yeah, and other Pacific Islanders who colonized Hawaii. So, Southern Pacific Islanders continue to colonize Hawaii over a time frame estimated between 450 and 1,300 A.D. So, the first wave of migration is said to have been of peaceful people who believed in what we call the law of aloha. And this law was based on the mutual respect, kindness, and cooperation. So, small independent communities made up of these early colonizers evolved in the isolation for close to 600 years. Their animalistic belief system, so from the Latin word anima, which means breath, spirit, and life, held that all objects, places, and creatures possessed a distinct spiritual essence known as mana. So, I just want to uh, correct, correct you real quick. It's yeah. not animalistic. It's just an- animistic. Oh, animistic. I'm, yeah. Fun fact. If if no one has caught on at this point, I am slightly dyslexic. Um, congratulations. I have fooled you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but... I try really they, they look very similar, but animalistic sounds, that sounds bad. Yeah, <laughs> no, I am, thank you for correcting it. I just, mm-hmm. I hate it, like, sometimes six and nines and B's and D's, like, everything gets confused, yeah. so. And then the slight lisp, it's like a beautiful res- recipe for chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, anyway, Ryan said it right. <laughs> um, so, in the oldest known type of this belief system in the world, um... So this was known to even be before paganism. So the perception is that all things, animal, plants, rocks, rivers, weather systems, human handiwork, and even the energy of everything is just like alive and breathing and part of it. So in knowing this, I think it's really crucial to understanding how Maui the demigod is because it makes sense why he's so compassionate with everything. He's He's really understanding, and though he is chaotic with his approaches, he is always doing things to benefit everyone. So I just thought that was, like, a cool way, like, a really good way to approach it, because, <laughs> there, like, it gets it, it gets really deep, but I feel like yeah. this ancient belief system affected this legend so much and is why it's such, like, a great thing to this day, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
even though I complete, I said animalistic instead of animistic, animistic belief system. <laughs> oh, great. That, that was a fun one. So, in closing, you all know how I feel about this man. Beautiful, heroic, and had, had a heroic death, as terrible as it is. But honestly, the fact that he just wanted to help out humanity and have a good time doing it, I freaking love it. Yeah. So this was a delight. I had so much fun with this story. I feel like things get dark so quick here, and it was just nice to have something that was mostly a good time. Yeah, that, that was why I wanted to do Maui so bad. It's just because everything he did was just, like, just sick. Like, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to help these people. I'm going to basically just help all humans. Um, so for my modern takes, I was going to go over um, the song You're Welcome from the movie Moana, <laughs> but most of it was already covered. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so he says he has two thumbs pulled up the sky, as Kimmy discussed. Um, he pushed up the sky. He climbed on top of a mountain, pushed it up. Um, yeah, so I don't really know if I need to go over the whole thing again, because uh, it was kind of already covered. But, yeah, no. Um, yeah, this was a fun episode. Uh, do we want to do our announcements real quick and then head on over to our uh, alignment chart where I'm sure we'll discuss it more? Yeah, do you, for modern takes, do you want to, like, say what inspired you to want to do this episode? Because I thought that was Sure, fun. yeah. I mean, yeah, so I went to Hawaii not too long ago. Um, and, yeah, just while we were there... Um, I like to do a lot more, like, um, not so much touristy stuff, but actually go, like, look around at, like, they have, like, cultural centers and stuff like that. And so I just did a lot of research about Maui while we were there. And, yeah, that's kind of what made me want to do this episode. Um, And, yeah, because it's just such a drastic difference from what, like I like I've said all episode from what we get from these like Eastern and like European folklore and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very refreshing. Um, I mean, there's still obviously some like there's a lot of stories um, of different things. Um, but yeah, no, I just really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say about that. It was just I've noticed like. When a story's just pleasant, we just gush about it the whole time. Cause yeah. Because <laughs> there, there's, like, it's just a really good time. So, I don't know. It was just a good, feel-good episode. It's episode 30. It took us 30 episodes to do a feel-good episode. So, we've got here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is the first one where we haven't had, like, an awkward, like, middle of the episode. Like, dang, that's super messed up. <laughs> like, yeah. What you guys don't know is when we do the break, sometimes we'll be like, holy shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, that's why we put the precursor at the top mm-hmm. of the episode. <laughs> but we'll go into some announcements. And man, this is just, this is a feel good, good episode because our little reports got some feel good announcements. Yeah. So we kind of teased it in the last episode, but... Very excited to announce um, the Alluring family is expanding. Um, 
into what we are calling the Alluring Network, uh, which means we have more shows coming. Uh, we recorded two episodes of a show that I'm going to be hosting uh, with Kimmy co-hosting um, called the Creepy Camper Podcast. Um <laughs> And it is going to be more scary stories and less, like, digging into the, like, history and lore of stories. So it's just going to be spooky. And then we have another show that is still in the works. Um, so I don't want to uh, spoil it too much, but it's going to be more of a... Uh, I don't, what, what's the right word for it? I a free form, free form talk show, I guess. Um, yeah, that's it, it's yeah. Poor advice, but good times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's bit bit of bit of advice, bit of a uh, bit of what's going on, bit of us just uh, you know talking. Basically, the first like five minutes of this show when me and Kimmy just go off on tangents. <laughs> That's going to hopefully be an entire hour-long episode. Oh, joy. Yeah. <laughs> so people will be able to get more of their alluring fix, which will just be... we. You guys have been so supportive as a community, and we just, like, really appreciate you all for it. Um, it's, you guys have just been great. Um, I want to switch the order of these announcements where I just want to say... Um, to all of our all of our listeners, new and old, to all of our campers around the campfire, like we we genuinely love and appreciate your kind five star rated reviews. They bring us much joy. You guys have been just a super supportive community, <laughs> and we super super appreciate it. Um, I, I appreciate how when people try to mansplain me, our listeners will shut them down. That means a lot to me. <laughs> too. I think you guys just like, you guys are there for us and we appreciate it. And we appreciate you being on this learning journey with us as we've gone into this podcast. It's been a great time. So if you haven't, we'd love if you could go write a review, um, Apple Podcasts, writing and giving us five stars is the best way to help us grow. Um, Spotify doesn't let you write reviews, but you can give us five stars there, which is pretty neat. Yeah. So you should do that if you want to do that. Um, you can go to our website, alluring.com, and that will have links of where to write reviews. I always do little monthly giveaways on social media where if I pick your review, I will post it on Instagram. And you can claim your sticker anytime that month, and I will mail you. A podcast sticker just to say thanks because you guys are all pretty neat you know what i mean yeah and then i guess one thing we didn't have written down um with the network expanding um that means there'll be add-ons in addition uh with what we currently have on patreon um oh yeah so for those already subscribed don't worry you're still gonna get the goodies you expect but hopefully there's some more stuff coming from me and our editor chris once we get our shows going yes. um and then also the um discord will be getting a bit of a change when the network is launched as well but again don't worry if you're already in it everything you know and love will still be there there's just gonna be a lot more exciting stuff it, it just it gets better our yeah it's going right now our podcast we have made this podcast child and it 
has been in its teen years the last few episodes, and it's going to hit its 20s. So just stick around <laughs> so we get out of it. Things just get better. So we're really excited mm-hmm. for that. Um, oh, and then we should say, so the website's going to be updated too. So that way you yep. can listen to everything there. So check it out now to see how it is now. And then check it out again. I'm thinking the, what are we in? August? Is that August? August 20th oh. when we're recording this. Oh, so. Lord. Um, it should be sometime in September. We will post it on social media. <laughs> yeah, and join the Discord so you don't miss any updates. Yeah. And follow us on Insta and TikTok and yeah. Yes. Oh, and then one last thing. There's a lot of announcements, you guys. Like, yeah. promise is the last one. Um, we are switching things on Patreon for a Loring crew, Loring gang, all of our Loring fans. Um, we are going to be doing it where you guys can vote on episode topics instead of sticker pools because you guys have decided you all like stickers <laughs> regardless of what they are. And they always get tied for answers. So it's always way, a tie. This way, you guys, it's always a tie. So this way, you guys get to pick what we get to talk about, and you get your chance to get whatever stickers you want. So I feel like it's a good win-win-win. All right. Lauren alignment chart. Let's do it. Do and for what I assume is going to be the last time, because I've seen what episodes are coming up, we are in complete agreement. The only reason mine's a little below yours is so that you can see it. Um, Solid. Yeah, I mean, chaotic good, I think, is the best explanation, because, like, everything he did was just to help humankind, even if, you know... He did it a little uh, by his own rules, you know? He got the job done. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, like, the fire was technically stolen. Um, it was choked out. <laughs> yeah. The moon, uh, I mean, not the moon, the sun, he, like, pulled it down. He was like, hey, get closer. But, you know, it's a really good thing he did. Yeah. It, for For us as humans chaotic good the sun and yeah. the bird may have different feelings but yeah for they, us. they may have him <laughs> on the other side of the chart but for us chaotic good straight up um yeah yeah no just this just everyone enjoy in this moment of blissful peace where ryan and i agree a hundred percent no doubt no argument because this will change and I know it will change. <laughs> so, yeah, this we hope you guys. We really hope you enjoyed this lighthearted episode. Uh, what's mm-hmm. What's one of your takeaways? Um, if someone is harassing your mom or someone you love, um, bonk them on the head and turn them into a coconut tree. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let me. Let me scroll through. <laughs> I think that's fair, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, turn harassers into coconut trees. Mm-hmm. And Maui's never going to give you up. Amen. Amen to that. <laughs> oh, thank you all so much for listening. This has been Alluring. Have an alluring day, and we'll catch you in the next episode.
And that's all for this episode of Alluring. Thank you for taking a seat around the campfire and listening. If you want more Alluring, go check out our website, Alluring.com. That's A-L-O-R-E-I-N-G.com. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. If you have any questions, folklore, cryptid sightings, or urban legends you would like us to discuss, email us at alluring at gmail.com. If you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to help support us and spread the word. Special thanks to Lane Hammonds for our music. If you'd like to show your support and have access to bonus content not posted anywhere else, visit our Patreon page today at patreon.com slash and help us keep the firewood burning. Bye-bye now.